What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? Welcome back to the show. It's your first time joining the show. Welcome to the show. We got a good one for you today. Like my man Steve Harvey done say, it's Justin Willman, the magic man with the magic hands and the magic brain. Uh, what a great, uh, cool, uh, intriguing dude. I really love this guy. So talented. Go to justinwillman.com and go check him out. He is on tour. He's all over the place uh, bringing his uh, comedic style of trickery uh, to you, wherever you are. He's going to be there in 2024. Go to justinwoman.com and check him out. Also, me and Bob released a bunch of new dates. Me and Bobby Lee are doing Bad Friends Tour where we do stand-up and stuff from the show. You get a couple hours of stand-up and uh, live podcast events. And we're not going to be sitting down doing the podcast. We do live podcast-like events, fan interactions, all sorts of fun stuff. Go to badfriendspod.com for those tickets, badfriendspod.com. We're going to be everywhere. We start in Atlantic City, then we go to Salt Lake City, then we go to Long Beach and Sacramento and Temecula and Reno, Tucson, and then we end this whole thing in Las Vegas, Nevada on 420 uh, before we go down on the mate. So go to badfriendspod.com for those tickets, badfriendspod.com. Enough rambling from me. Let's go to the episode. In here... We pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. You were that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me five dollars for the whiskey and seventy-five dollars for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger, I like gingers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it once again today. It's Justin Wilman! Yeah! Dude, cheers to you. Thank you for coming by. Cheers. Thank Clean. you. Yeah. This is long overdue. I, I know. Seriously, we've been trying. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Good sauce. Do listeners get to know what time of day this is happening? Yeah, this is at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, Monday. We're the show. Monday, 8.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's right. I've had guys on here that, you know, most of my friends are sober now. Um... And some of them needed to be. Is but then it because kind of, of this people, podcast? Yeah, probably because of the show. Sober? Yeah, mm-hmm. this has taken down a lot of people. Uh-huh. But I've had guys come in here that do drink that are like, you want to crack one? I'm like, mm, it's 7.30. <laughs> Not really. At 7.30, but then I have to. This uh, podcast is like an airport bar. This is. Any time of day, it is okay to have a Bloody Mary. Do you feel that way, Admiral's truly? Admiral's Club, 6.01 a.m., oh, LAX. Oh, you're you a can big order American a guy. That's what it is, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I was a Delta cat. But the Delta Lounge is, it's, I, honestly, it's out of control. I was at JF, uh, JFK two days ago, and there was no less than 10,000 people inside the Delta Lounge. Yeah, you need to know a guy to get in there. Yeah, There's you a won't. line out the door. I'm the guy. But Delta Lounge's spread is by far the superior best. to American It airlines. is, but you know they're changing everything. This is inside nonsense. Uh, Actually, uh, this is useful. This is privileged guy I would guy say nonsense. people, this is what people will learn and well, here's they the hit a million miles. You used to be... You used to be able to get in with American Express Platinum Card. Some people that weren't flying in first class or weren't a part of the lounge, you could get in. Now they said you got to spend 70 grand a year on an Amex to do it. And a lot of people got super mad about it. And then I said, well, then why don't they just divide up these lounges? Why, why wouldn't you just make like one for people that are card holders, one for people that are their frequent flyers? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Segment, dude. Class system. It you up. mean within the lounge, basically? Like, like flagship and mul- Admiral's Club. Yeah, multiple lounges. You ever go on that flagship? Flagship club? is really sexy. Oh yeah, my God. that's that's. There's I mean, nobody that's, there. That's right. Admirals lounges. But you and Wolfgang Puck. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's him. It's always like a, a famous chef, and then a celebrity that's been famous for forty years. Yes. Where you're like, is that Arsenio Hall? <laughs> is that is that Arsenio Hall? Where's he going? And, and it is. Where is he mm-hmm. going, dude? Um, you're on tour a lot, by the way. Uh, I see your schedule, and it is funny. 
you're one of these guys that I don't know if you stop, but if you do, you'd have to tell me because I feel like you're you live on the road. Don't you travel a ton? I'm um I think I'm I always say like I'm on a perpetual tour and then it never really starts or stops. Yeah. But when I'm on tour, it's never like uh it's like two, three days and then back home to Studio City for a couple of days and then a Thursday, then Friday, Saturday, and then back home. Yeah. So it's kind of uh manageable. Are you a it's single like a man? Commute. Are you a single man? No, I'm not. No. no. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. I have difficult. a wife and two children. Do you love both of them the same? Uh, both of my wives? Both of my children. Well, you Bo- could have both. Wives and children? two wives and two children. No, that would be, there's no time for that. Uh, I've, I, love, I love my wife and I love my children the same. But it was easier to do maybe a, a week or a week and a half away from my wife, no offense to her, no, than yeah. your children. My wife is not going to acquire new quirks and personality traits while I'm gone, hopefully. Maybe but the child, is. the child, you know, they, they grow change. up so fast. Yeah. But it's so funny to say that because I feel like every time I come home, my wife has a lot of new guys working on the house. <laughs> a lot of them. Uh-huh. Cast rabbits? Yeah, I think we've got, how many, he knows, we've got like six pool guys now. And we don't even have a pool. I mean, we're thinking about building one, but... I don't know, something might be going on. I, I doubt know. it, dude. Maybe she's planning a surprise 41st birthday. Maybe that's Maybe what all the she's secrets... Surprising. That's that could be what it is. Uh-huh. What do these guys look like? Really good looking, young, mm. handsome, like 22 to 28. Mm-hmm. Good looking guys, fresh out of college. Interesting. Can they throw a hammer? Can they ever? Wow. They can put it down. And they're building a lot of stuff back there. I don't know. She won't let me see what it is. So maybe you're right. It is a surprise. You mean... They're always in the backyard. They always something? have their shirts off in the backyard and they're doing push-ups and sit-ups. It's hot out. It is very hot, and I do mm-hmm. think you need to stay limber when you're doing manual labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're very good-looking, all tan. None of them are like me. Actually, none of them look like me at all. They're all really good-looking, tan young I think guys. you're describing the Chippendales. <laughs> are they doing a live they show might in be my a backyard? They dude? might be. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise! Well, that's a birthday present. You do got you... me a Chippendale! Aw, you share an iCal with your wife where she's aware of your travel plans, your goings, your comings and This goings. is funny because we bought, here's how I initially started. Calendar sharing was like the original way, but I don't put everything in my calendar. So she got frustrated at that. So where then you put it? a lot of times I just put it in the memory bank that I'm like, I know where I'm going then, then, and then. And I just kind of, I have so many plates. I feel like I'm spinning that sometimes I, I just log it in and then I don't, I forget to communicate it. Like, oh, we're, I forgot that day I'm X, Y, Z. So now. She bought one of these big boards, and I have to write in the calendar what I'm doing and where I'm going. <laughs> by Truly. hand, on paper? I do it by hand, because then I'll physically do it, because I'll just ignore it if it's... At home, on the wall? It's uh, Yeah, it's right. It's in the laundry room. And, what if uh, she wants to know where you are, but you're, she's not at home? Good luck. She has to go home and look good, at the wall. Yeah, she has to go home. Or she calls someone inside of the house <laughs> and says... What are the many construction workers? Could yeah, one of the six Chippendales. FaceTimer the schedule. Yeah, and none of them speak English, so that's even harder. I guess that's... That's even more difficult for her to communicate, but she seems to do just fine with those guys. Okay, okay nice. Yeah. Uh, but I put up a board, and and I started doing it pretty good, and then I have since stopped. I just don't do it anymore. Now, this is pathetic and awful, but I just say, you got to just look at the site. Look at the uh, website. Oh, check my tour schedule, babe. Check the, uh, yeah. check the sketch, dude. Yeah. But she comes a lot now. Well, she hasn't come in years, but she comes on the road with me now uh-huh. um, to, to if it's A-Markets. If it's a market, if she can get there in a nonstop flight, one hundred percent. Okay. By the way, I, I'm not going there. So if I can't no get there Louisville, Louisville. She's not going to swing by. No, no, not gonna, not gonna make her trip to Lincoln, Nebraska. Probably. Oh no, no. My uh, wife will never see Omaha. No, Oklahoma City. And, and by City. the way, beautiful places. 
She'll just never you know. You have to say that. I do. I check your tour yeah, schedule. Yeah, you do. I do. <laughs> no, dude. She'll only go to cities where we either have friends or she has something to do. People because, always say, do you bring your kids? Do you bring your wife? Like, you know, maybe I'm in uh, yeah. Joliet, Illinois, where there, I was recently. There you go. And I was like, lady, I, 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 I got up at 6 a.m. to get here, and I'm getting up at 6 a.m. tomorrow to get the hell out of here. You think my wife wants any part of this? Right, no. In Joliet? Unless they want to go to that great steakhouse in Joliet. Which one's that? Mikey's. Mikey's Steak and Mikey's Chop. Mikey's Chop House. Well, Is that still me. there? You know what? I made it up. I honestly, I made that up. I was just hoping you'd run with it. Uh, look, you, you familiar with Louis? It's basically a ripoff of uh, Denny's. No, is that a Louis? real thing? Yeah, it's a long story. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long yeah, story. Yeah, but no, my wife. Yeah, wives don't want to come unless there's non-performing happening. Right, unless say. we can go to a show or go out to a place, or if we know someone in that city. You're like, where are you born? St. Louis. Oh wow! I know. I forgot. That's right. You're yeah. a Missouri Apologies. boy. But you don't Except look it. like a, a Missouri kid. What does that look like? You know what it looks like. Bring up Just bring up a picture of a, reg, a kid, a child in Missouri. You'll know right away. When you see these guys, you'll know right away what a Missouri child Google automatically like. suggested Missouri child support, by the way. Well, look at the third I, kid. I mean, that's kind of what most kids look like in Missouri. Missouri child. What's the caption? Mm, dies 13 from dies from coronavirus oh at Missouri Hospital. So this is the kind of stuff that you guys are pumping out. This is my roots. Wow. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> Can't say anything about that at all because there's a face to it. But you've done I, before I move on too much into the world of we've started. Well, we always start uh-huh. without you knowing. Good. You know, that's kind of how life is you're really surprised. Starts without you knowing. baby. Uh-huh. I pull a magic trick on you and it's over before I know it. It's done. Thank you so much for watching the show. That's been Justin. Um, I'll say multiple things right now. I really appreciate you. Uh, I respect you. I think you're very talented. And and I've seen you kind of from afar and watched what you've been doing. And I think it's weird to say that you're a magician because I you are, but you're a comedian to me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's funny because you are a magician, but you're a comedian. Wow. But you're, uh, it's, it's hard because if somebody said, because I think some, you know, my buddy was like, is he a comedian? I said, he's a magician, but he's a comedian. But is that insulting to no, say? No, that's like my, um, that is, you have just completed the, 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 the search of my, my lifelong dream of identity of, of wanting to be a comedian. But you are a comedian. You don't fancy, fancy yourself a comedian? I do. I, I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't do comedy without magic being involved. Okay. But, and I don't uh, do comedy without saying the F word. I mean, it's like, that's my, there you go. that's, that's my magic your trick. rabbit from the hat. Right. Uh-huh. Right. right. Um, but thank you. That's my, um, that is, that makes me very proud. Cause I certainly wasn't, all, I was a magician for a long time before I was f- like funny you yeah. know, for the right reasons, you know? Right. But magic is, I think, what put me in front of people to get that, like, that, that feeling of like, wow. Getting a laugh feels really good. But you guys go through the same stuff. Like, when you, you've helped me out, there's a place here in Los Angeles that people may not know called the Magic Castle. It's actually world-renowned. If you're not familiar, I understand, but it's probably one of the most, it's hard to describe, one of the most fascinating places to go to as a comedian. Even as a, just a, a spectator is great, but as a comic, it's impressive because I watch, you know, seven different comics a night, uh, magicians a night, and some of them have such comedic, um, instinct, and they lay it in there pretty well. Some people aren't that funny. Some guys are straight magic. Mm-hmm. But as a comic, it's cool to watch who's developing their comedy with the magic simultaneously and who's just kind of a straight magician. Yes. I mean, some of the up-close guys, I always felt like the up-close guys are uh, less showy and jokey and more just performative of like, watch how good I am at 
showing you this. Right. And then some of the bigger shows that you in that big room, like in the parlor or whatever, mm-hmm. some of those shows, it's it's great to watch people like go through what what we go through. And you know both sides of it. But it's so interesting to see them work out jokes that bomb. And I and I fucking love it. Like I it just make it fills me up because I'm like, that's us. That's our pain. Because if a, if a trick doesn't work, there's a way for a magician to kind of massage their way through it, right? If it doesn't go as smoothly as they want it to. You think so? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean that's what I see as an outsider, right? You know, inside you're in. You're well, too if inside a trick, baseball. Uh, like if a joke doesn't work, it's a part of a trick. Or if you're doing a bit and you do a long lead up and you fuck a punchline, and then so basically two minutes was just, just kind of lead up tanked, yeah. and and it's not like you're gonna tell the joke again from the beginning. It's kind of like I right, fuck that. You can move on and salvage it. It's a little awkward. Right. But I think if a, if a trick, like if the audience clearly sees how you just did what you are about to do, or how how now you can't, why you can't now do what you were promising to do. You know, like if I vanished your bill and then all of a sudden like out of my sleeve falls a bill and I don't notice it, everyone's kind of like, oh my God. It's like your, it's like your dick came out in the middle of your set. Which is part of your show. That's why, that's why it's called misdirection. (laughs) You don't look there, look here. You call your dick misdirection? Misdirection. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Mister. Oh, misdirection. Misdirection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mine is misdirection. I have a female penis, yes. I see. Uh, it's a new world, dog. But I found that, that there's, you know, when you're at the castle, I, I think the Magic Castle is kind of like the comedy store if the comedy store was like a fancy place uh, yeah, that true. had a nice restaurant and you had to wear a suit to get in. And a but tie. the idea of a comedy, and a tie. Yeah. Uh, but the idea of the comedy store, it's like varying sized rooms and it's just shows all night, right? Yeah. And you can go there and spend the whole night and get hammered and, you know, see maybe the, some of the best comedians in the country. But at the Magic Castle, you know, if you're, if you can tell that somebody may be uh, like when you know you're in good hands, there's no better thing than to relax and know this guy's a pro. He's gonna fucking blow our minds. But when someone is maybe trying out a new bit and you're like, oh god, I hope, oh my oh, god, I, I hope he that. figures this out. You like it? I For like me, the anxiety so... of them maybe failing. Like the last time we went, when I texted you, when we went to the Magic Castle with my wife and my sister and some friends, <laughs> this this couple in the main room was doing, and I'm not, and I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not putting them down. They were doing um, buckets, uh, like a like buckets. I don't know if you know who maybe you know these people, but it was a husband and wife, and they were doing like uh, bucket tricks. What were they doing to these buckets? Well, they would stack and change them, and oh. it was also it was very physical, and it was less less magic involved and more showy. But there was also magic moments of them utilizing the buckets to uh, whatever. Wow! But they dropped a lot of buckets. <laughs> she dropped many of the buckets. And the and, gist of the bit is, wow, how are they not dropping the buckets? Yeah, and, and they're dropping, dropping the buckets. The, I see. Okay. But the difference is you, when you do drop a bucket, he made a joke every time. And that's why I was like, oh, this great. is great. Yeah, great. And he was doing it the right way. And I could feel her anxiety was growing heavier because she she didn't know how to like laugh it off, throw it away, which mm-hmm. I think is the same thing we utilize as comics. When a joke doesn't work, you have to acknowledge it in a way and wrap it around into something else. Because if it just dies on its own, the weight is tremendous. You need to like spin it a little bit off so people forget how ugh, yes. that just was. So this guy, like I was at the Magic Castle last night, first time in a while, and brilliant juggler David Diebel. A couple couple drops that I could tell weren't like, he probably would have preferred to do that catch. But each time it was a new zinger, right? Yeah. So you almost look forward to like, like, wow, if he catches it, amazing. If he drops it, can't wait to hear what he's going to say next. But if someone is not that skilled and they essentially do the magic equivalent of dropping it, and then you're kind of like, you're, you're schadenfreude, right? It's like, oh, what's he going to do? He's going to squirm. Mm-hmm. And then if, if he catches that ball and he, like, you would, you would feel so proud of this guy. You made, wow, you just turned, yeah. just made lemons out of, lemonade out of lemons. 
But if someone really like drops the ball, fails that chance as well, it is cringy. A little bit, yeah. And I feel bad because I know what the ma- like people see magic so infrequently versus how they how much they they see comedy. They're kind of at the Magic Castle seeing live magic. Many of them for the first time ever, and maybe the last time ever. That's they true are too, judging yeah. my art form based on what they see in three hours at the Magic Castle. Yeah. So I get really uh, protective, and I get print. I get I, I, my spidey sense goes up when I feel like, oh god, so they're you, laughing at him, not with him. You know oh, that you don't like it. Oh, God, no, we I love don't. it. In the comedy world, it's like our favorite thing. But that's why you've made this kind of, this dual world where you love magic so much. That is your first love. That's your, mm-hmm. that's the thing, right? Like, people say to me, if I could quit comedy or acting, I'd quit acting tomorrow. I'd do comedy until I die. I'd do stand-up until I die. If you had to quit, if someone's like, dude, you gotta be a stand-up or a magician. If that was the case, and they put a gun to your head and was like, you gotta do it, what would you to do? To me? Yeah. Uh, I would say, oh gosh, I might say a stand-up. You would quit magic. Well, uh, here's the thing. You're like, a fantastic magician. But are you saying that I can't be funny if I'm doing magic, if I had to pick one of those two things? I mean, it's, not, it's obviously not a clear divide, but it would be more like, dude, you got to stick more to magic and stop doing some of the stuff. I get more magic. gratification from making people laugh than I do from blowing their minds. Right. I do love blowing their minds, and I, I do take it for granted because it is a profound thing. And, you know, like, I, I see it all the time on audiences' faces, and I, I kind of maybe desensitize a little bit to it because I know they ne- – wow, people so rarely – have their minds blow, yeah. right? So that is special. But man, just hearing, maybe it's because I've always, you know, I got into magic because of Johnny Carson and because of, like, because I love Steve Martin and Johnny Carson and just the way that these comedians carried themselves, I was like, I want to do that thing. Magic was how they got to there. Let me start with magic. Right. So now it's kind of like I did magic. I fell in love with magic with the goal of being, you know, like a, a Johnny Carson kind of guy, kind of entertainer. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I, f- I feel like kind of in that, in that place now where I can kind of juggle the two. But. So you wanted to be a comedian through, ma- through magic, truly. Yeah. Because that yeah. is what Steve did. I, you know, Steve, in his book, which I highly recommend, talked heavily about um, performing at uh, Universal Studios, right? Isn't that where uh, it was? Disneyland. Disney, Disney. Yeah, Disneyland. Disney. And, he, and <clears throat> the pains of that, I guess, is why it's so relative to stand-up that we go through when you're bombing in an open mic, uh, performing at Disneyland as people are passing by. But you catch one out of ten. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, that's pretty good. Uh-huh. And that feels just as good as one guy in a coffee shop laughing, but nine other, you know, waiting to go on stage. Um, but it's, it's interesting you say that because I was a big Johnny Carson fan as a kid. And when I was a kid, I, I, I would, I'd love to sneak in the living room and watch him. And the magic part of it, for me, I never registered. I never got it as a kid. I was uh-huh. like... He's like, well, he ra- rarely came up. I know, but but he did. But he would do magic sometimes. He would occasionally do magic. But I, of course, like you know, who do you want? Who do you want to write a book report on in fourth grade? Johnny Carson. And so then, very quickly, I learned. Oh, he started as a magician. You know, Arsenio yeah. Hall started as a magician. Steve Martin, all these. People. Arsenio Hall started as a magician. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Well, so then, what was your kickoff into actually getting the balls to do it? Like, what was the what was the shift of being like? Well, I guess I'm gonna actually try to be a magician. Mm, well, I think, it, I, I don't know if I calculated it that much, because eventually I, I broke both of my arms when I was a kid, riding my bike. I can see that the way you sit. On, they're yeah. very strange. Ro- my, wait a minute, hold on, slow down. Yeah. Rollerblades? Rollerblades, man. No pads, no helmet? You know, I don't know if pads would have helped me. I don't even, probably no pads, honestly. Thinking so no back, pads, no helmet. probably 92 or 3. Uh, yeah, and on a bike. So riding a bike while wearing rollerblades. Oh, dude, I love it. This, see, this is why I'm on. Don't, don't go over that so fast. That's a great, give me the world. Is it summer? This is, uh, this is probably fall. This is in my neighborhood in, in Creefcore, off Ooh, Speedy Creefcore. Road. Ooh, Creefcore. Probably me and three girls and 
you know, these were my friends, but I was so nervous to just talk you to and girls. three babes, just me and three, three babes. Whoa. This was probably in sixth grade or maybe the beginning of seventh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm the guy. And you're the guy on the rollerblades and on a bike. bike. And the purpose of this was you were taking the bike to a friend's house and you needed both of these modes of transportation. I don't even know if the, I think we're just tooting around. Having fun. In the cul-de-sac, you know? And give it to me, how would you crack And I was at the top of a hill and I was going down and I I was kind of pedaling, so wheels on pedals and then I kind of went to stabilize and then I was going too fast and then I went to hit a brake and I hit the front brake. So then I flew, went flying overwards. Over the, and then I caught myself with my hands, which is both arms broken. Both arms you broken. get up, I'm arms on the ground, dangling, like, uh, and you I say, "I didn't even get up." Ta-da! Ta-da! How great is that, dude? In here, we pour whiskey. This episode of Whiskey Ginger is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, I have talked about BetterHelp for quite a long time. I'm a big, uh, big fan of therapy. Big fan of speaking to someone about your issues. And I do think uh, there's so much value in talking to someone, especially because, hey, it's the holidays. And I know what happens. A lot of times um, we get a little seasonal depression, and uh, that's a no fun for anybody. And it's tough, you know, whether you're with family or without family. um, It is very hard uh, because you're starting a new year and all the weight comes into play beyond the celebration. And I got to tell you, um, talking uh, talking to someone I do think helps get you through really rough times and uh, I do believe that uh, BetterHelp is a great way to do this from the comfort of your own home you know that's my favorite part is that I can do it from my house I do really like that that I don't have to go somewhere because I'm not a huge fan of going to some weird office with uncomfortable lighting and uh, a, a stack of old magazines from from 16 years ago uh so if you're thinking of starting therapy uh give BetterHelp a try it's entirely done online it's designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time with no additional charge come on give it a whirl in the season of giving give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. visit betterhelp.com whiskey today to get 10 percent off your first month that's BetterHelp. better h-e-l-p.com slash whiskey Gifting is a no-brainer this holiday season thanks to the unmatched comfort and style of Me Undies. I got some Me Undies on right now. I got some from my little lady for the holidays. Uh, from undies and bralettes, uh, socks and loungewear, Me Undies has got it all, okay? I've tried a lot of it. Haven't tried the bralettes yet. I might want to. Who knows? But it's a, an amazing gift to give to somebody and yourself, by the way. They got a holiday gift guide that makes it uh, all super, super easy. Versatile loungewear. Some of my favorite stuff is the MeUndies loungewear. Kicking it around the crib. So comfortable. They're breathable also. You're not going to get all sweaty and stinky. Responsibly sto- sourced, which is great. Sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that care for their workers. That's a big deal in a really weird, dark world. Uh, and if you're not happy with your first pair of uh, MeUndies, it's on MeUndies. You don't like it? It's on them. It was on you, it's on them. Don't worry about it. Uh, I do think MeUndies make such high quality, comfortable, wonderful stuff to kick it around the crib. You don't have to just use it around the house. You can go out with your MeUndies, all right? But uh, I like them uh, comfy time on the couch during the holidays, wrapped up in a blanket with a uh, bowl of popcorn and a soda pop. Uh, knock out your holiday shopping today and get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash whiskey. That's MeUndies.com slash whiskey for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Ginger. I like gingers. Uh, Both arms cracked yeah. simultaneously. Now, none of these babes ever slept with you after that. Or before. 
Right. You know. Not... Were you a ladies guy? You like you're, no, you're a no. I was just, I was a that same kid? friend. I was like I was a friend zone buddy. I was a friend zone kid to those four ladies. And, and I don't, still am. I don't mean. Oh really? Uh huh. I don't just mean this in friend. an offensive way, obviously, because it's not. But did they think you might be gay? And they were like, "He's our good bu- He's our good boy buddy." Yeah, maybe. Because I'll I don't say know if at they that thought age, that through. I didn't but... have a lot of. Well, they might not have thought he's gay, but they thought he's kind of close to us. Yeah, I was late to develop. I was right. late to have pubes. I was late to have armpit hair, which was always noticed in the locker room. Big point of contention. Wow, Justin you. has no armpit hair. So I was kind of like this, uh, you know, and I, and, I, and I got into magic after that accident because my doctor recommended card tricks to get my dexterity back from my broken arms. Oh, wow. So that's how I became a magician. So then I doubled down on the magic, having already been a fan of, you know, Carson and everybody. And then... So it wasn't like deliberate because of it. It was almost like a practical thing. And then I got obsessed. You were like, how do I get laid less? How do I get laid less? Magic. Sitting there, I can't, I've got casts on. I can't even, <laughs> can't even touch myself. <laughs> no, it's just funny because I, it's like every comic has a story of why, you know, it's similar to that where they get into it because they're like, well, I needed a, re- a release from, you know, broken home, bullying or feeling uncomfortable. And the only thing that most of us knew was, I'm pretty weird, and if I'm weird and I talk about how weird things are, people laugh every time. I mean, that was kind of the thing I learned fast was I said weird shit about what was going on. At what age? I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, when I was a kid kid, my my, my humor was a huge part of coping with sadness. So, like, as my family, a bunch of, you know, Irish slugs. Section 8 housing on the north side of Chicago. You know it too well, yeah. Well, that was that was even, that was when it was just me and my mother. But even as a kid going to family parties when I was a kid kid, like, I remember, like, six, seven, eight years old, you know, my mother's family never never had a lot of money. You know, they weren't, like, we weren't homeless, but, you know, they were just working class. And so we joked about everything, and my grandfather was big on kind of teasing about the world because, you know, the haves and the have-nots. It's easy just to be like, you think Rolls Royces are comfortable? You see how dumb they look sitting in those fucking things? He loved poking the bear at, you know, the swells is what he used to call them. Oh, the fucking swells. Uh You know, and I think that, like, that... Anything was popular, punch it. Punch it You gotta gotta punch it as hard as you can. Making fun of anything that people thought, think is... Well, if it was exclusive, especially if it was exclusive, oh, yeah. and if it was if it was fancy or nice, mm-hmm. the reason we didn't you know have how much it, it cost to fill up that yacht. Yeah, you know, stupid. That kind of stuff, yeah, it's right. a waste. You know what the mortgage is on that mansion? Uh-huh. You uh-huh. know how many maids need to clean that house? You got to deal with all those people. Mm-hmm. I think the the way to deal with the stuff of the haves was for people in our family to mock them. Not it wasn't. We don't have. It's like we don't have that. Not because we're poor or broke. We mm-hmm. don't have that because that's stupid we to have. Not to. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that influenced my comedic take of the world. As I grew, I start to understand, like, oh, it's because anything that's uncomfortable, you can, it's funny. Mm-hmm. If it's, if it makes you go, oh, I feel stupid, well, it's got to be funny. There's something underneath that that's funny because it's, it's all your mind making you feel a type of way about the situation. So for me, it was that. It was, you know, mocking the fact that I got made fun of for, for being a redheaded kid or, you know, um, just growing up with just my mom and then they're kind of a weird tumultuous you know not having a dad when I was a kid and having you know and then having a stepfather years later and us leaving the city and I think just not understanding where I belonged a little bit especially looking as orange and bright as you are mm-hmm. very orange very, so orange so it just made me have to I so had to have mechanism. it yeah like, you had to have being it being funny you had to have something. is your shield right? and so you post broken arm yeah uh, you got good well I got it was the, it was the first thing I was like 
better than average at. You know, like I was right. fine at sports. Whatever. Fine at sports. What was your sport? I mean, I was golf. Do you golf still? Occasionally. Yeah. But I was on the golf team like in high school, so I was okay. Ooh, the kid can play. Wrestling in high school, but I was okay. I was not great at anything. Like grades, you know, B, B minus, you know. Same. Um, C's. Music. I mean, I played the saxophone at the time. Meh. You know. Not just jack of all trades. Whatever. But there was no other, when I got into magic, there was no other magician in my school. So instantly I was like the only kid in the school who did this thing. And, and then when I would do this thing, when I came out of the closet as a magician, like maybe at show and tell in seventh grade or something, did that first trick, like people like can't believe it. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, those early David Blaine specials where it's just, you know, him on the street doing a trick and then people just erupt and run in different yeah. directions, you yeah. know, like I would do that, you know, in between classes and stuff in seventh grade and people even just, you know, simple card tricks. And I'd be so nervous because I was never a, you know, performer. I was very shy. I never even like would go out of my way to you know, be that center of attention. But magic gave me kind of like the um, the training wheels a little bit, and I couldn't believe, like, how people would freak out. And and so through magic, I discovered that I was funny. Right. Right. But um, did you use the funny as a crutch, like I talked to you about, when a trick doesn't go kind of the way you want, you make a joke about it? Or were you just interjecting comedy while you no, were doing it? No, I think I was, I was trying to be funny because I loved, like, my, my... Then once I started doing magic, Harry Anderson became my my hero. Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson, yeah. who was the the actor, the the star of Night Court. Mm-hmm. Great TV show. Yeah. From like 84 to A lot of our audiences do not know what that and is. Or look who it that up. Is. Harry Anderson. So he was like a comedy magician prior to that show. And um, you know, his whole persona is like he's working out of a suitcase, pack small, play big, funny. Yeah. You know? Penn and Teller, just funny. So I kind of I mean, most magicians start by just lifting jokes left and right, either from the instructions on the trick you bought it from or the magician you saw do that trick. You just start doing their material. So I would like like Robert Orban joke books. I would go through those and like add those jokes into my bits. You sure. Know? Like I'm in eighth grade talking about like my wife, this or whatever, you know, it just made no sense. <laughs> you're like a cover, you're a cover act, you know, and yeah. then. And that's widely accepted in the magic community. I wouldn't say it's why. I mean, no, as a I mean, kid, this as a, is, I was a kid. When like, you, but even when you're in your, in, in your amateur period, are people still okay with it? Well, I mean, I would say once I like knew what I was doing, like I, I would say that I had killer jokes that people who knew, knew those were hacky jokes. But for the most part, audiences don't know. Can you, you know? give me one? Do you remember? Do you remember yeah. one from your, your young ages? Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, the the original, the oldest one is like, you know, because I was a kid's party magician. And be like, uh, uh, how you doing? Hi, uh, hold out your hand. Okay, great. Oh, no, the clean one. Oh, oh no, that was the clean one. All right. Stand right here <laughs> on the trap door, you know. Uh, um, I do this trick in front of the mirror, and I laugh for hours. You know, like, just like kind of... Small, quick. I hit. would say, here, we uh, sign your name on this bill. Use this pen they were giving away at the bank. And I pull out a, a pen with a chain on it, you yes. know, like that I probably saw some other magician do. And, and it killed that. And I'm like, I just need a pen and a chain. I'm going to do that. You know, and I'm 15. I don't know better. But you get you, you, you learn like, uh, wow, laughs interspersed with magic is kind of a nice. Oh, it's so rhythmic, man. When rhythmic it's working, punch. it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny you say that. I remember that's on the Tonight Show. Um, why am I dumb and I so dumb? There is a famous comic that did the pen with the chain on it on the Shandling Tonight Show. 
Shand- was it Gary Shandling? Gary Shandling, which yeah. I was later. They're giving told. away free pens. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, exactly. You guys ever been to a local bank? You know they give away free pens. <laughs> that's what it was. But the chain was hilariously long. Yeah, I think it was longer than a normal. Like probably it wasn't like the one that's a foot at the bank. It was like a three foot chain or something. But I think there was. And it's funny is that I didn't it. even know that it was uh, a Shandling bit. If it, it is. But then, because uh, I probably yeah. saw some local magician do it. Sure. I probably saw, thought, like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Nobody else has ever seen that. I'm going to do that, too. Right. Little did I know that, like, it was lifted from, you know, one right. of the greatest comedians. Um, magicians can get away with that for a while. <clears throat> until you come, until you start until, sniffing until, pro. It, it, yeah, or you just won't even get to that pro p- part. But until you maybe go, start to get eyeballs, and then it's like, oh, is this, is this guy worth, you know, like, it's almost just a public opinion. Is this guy worth proceeding in their ascent or is it kind of like all right we get you know well that's the uh, that's what i'm really curious about the breaking point of a comic to become a pro comic right there's this there's a lot of like you know uh, a lot of inconsistency in who becomes a professional comedian right because you some would say the first time you get paid you're a professional right but for us a lot of it is validity through the business whether it's you're given a shot on television you're passed at a major club you're you become some sort of a name in some regard. Mm-hmm. Is there kind of a, hey man, you're now you're a pro magician. Mm. Like what's the what's the what's kind of the intro into that world? To say where somebody goes, oh, you know, Justin, yeah, yeah. No, he's a he's a pro. You know what I mean? When you're young, mm-hmm. what's the how do people know? I mean I would say I I thought I was a professional magician as soon as I had a business card. Oh, that's you big. know, which yeah. is probably 14. Yeah, business Vistaprint, baby. Briefcase. I mean, this is before Vistaprint. This would be me at Kinko's. You doing it yourself? And this is before there was any, like, software. I would literally, like, I think I would type the words on Microsoft Word, print it out, and then, like, cut out the, the words and put them over an actual picture and then make copies of that. You oh, know, like, cool. felt like Gutenberg up in there, <laughs> you know? Uh, I would say, and I would I would do some kids' birthday parties here and there, and I, I thought, like, I'm a professional. Like, I felt like an entrepreneur, you know, which was yeah. a new feeling of worth for me. But I think... Um, uh, you can't be a professional until you are fully supporting, you know, like I, I was living under my parents' roof, but like I wasn't professional. I was making an extra couple hundred bucks a month, but sure. I certainly couldn't support myself. So um, I would say it's probably not until like in college, I start, I set up my, my birthday party business again at Emerson in Boston. Um, what a school, smart guy. What a school. B's and C's got you into Emerson? Yeah. It, wow. was bef- it was before it was it's before this is the good old days. Selective. Yeah, it you're, was not more, get, you're not getting in now. It was made, it, it, this is back when it was kind of uh, <laughs> Tish's waiting list. They were letting in regular white guys to Emerson yeah, back then. Yeah. That's not happening oh, yeah. anymore. You got me and Dan Levy. You know. Oh, re- is he an Emerson kid? Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I'd say. I mean, I'd be remiss if we're talking about the path from magician to comedian. The Dan Levy, uh, uh, Levy, not Levy. By the way, everybody. that's right. Not Shit's Creek. That's right. Um, uh, Dan Levy, stand-up comedian, father of three. He and I were buddies in Emerson. He was a year younger than me. And I was, like, gigging around town as just incredible, you know, kind of doing my my, my act, sexual innuendos, like, basically my kid's birthday party act, but, like, my the comedy club version of it was just a little more, like, edgy, you know? Sure. With a bunch of hacky jokes interspersed here and there that would kill. You'd do the hand joke, and you'd go, that one has jizz on it. Exactly. You know, right. exactly. You just exactly. Put a little and, bit of spin on it. And, uh, you know, like, and, 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 I, and I thought I was hot shit. And then Dan came along, and he was just a straight-up straight comedian. He'd been doing it as long as I'd been doing magic. And he would just, like, destroy it with jokes about being a college freshman. And I was like, I can't, but, like, I'm doing jokes that, that were written by a guy who's died of old age. Dan's over <laughs> here writing new bits about something that happened last week. It blew my mind. So he changed my mentality about, about magic, which... 
historically, magicians can get away with doing the same act and polishing it and honing it over the course of a career, you know, yeah. and that's their act. Versus Dan, who would, you know, versus Dan and also who he introduced me just to the idea that comedians, you know, once it's not funny to you anymore, you don't, you know, you may not even want to do it anymore. Or oh, once yeah. once it's out there, once it's a, you know, thing like constantly ditching the old, kind of pruning and, and evolving. So yeah. that was like really inspiring to me. <clears throat> so I started doing magic in, in comedy venues and that's what forced me to kind of ditch the hack stuff. And When did you get rid of Just Incredible? What a name, by the way. Were you signed what to Cash Money Records back then? Just no, Incredible in the building. In the house. In the building. Uh-huh. That's when DJ Khaled was my neighbor, was my <laughs> manager. You ever had mayonnaise? That guy is the funniest dude Just on Incredible Predator, does. Just Incredible knows about mayonnaise. God did. You know about this watch? And he's got those big teeth. He is the funniest comedian that's not a comedian I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh, God. He, he rips. He kills me. I seen that prop bit he does where he's playing Bob Marley's guitar? <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, my gosh. So good. <laughs> he's, he is. And his face looks cartoonish in and of itself. So it's already, like, that's what, we had a discussion. I can't remember what comic was on the show. And I said, if you really boil it down, comedy, anybody can, a lot of people can write funny jokes. A lot of people can write a funny, quippy joke. That's, that's a thing that many people could do. But it's how funny does it sound coming out of your face? Mm. And that's kind of a big piece of it. Like, you you can write great shit, but if it doesn't look fun coming out of your face, people just don't attach themselves to it. Mm -hmm. And I feel the same way with magic, by the way. It's like, I find myself <laughs> liking magicians when I go see them more when I look like it fits who they are. It, it's almost like when I see a magician sometimes, I'm, you're, I'm prejudiced now because I've seen a lot, you know, over the years and gone, this guy's vibe, it doesn't fit the show or his show, his act or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you see people that it fits their, their, sh their shit to a T. And it's almost like, I know that guy's better from an internal perspective, just because it looks like it's, you're supposed, it's supposed to be coming from you. Mm -hmm. It's almost like Chappelle is a, is a genius, but if someone else told the jokes, I don't know if you'd like him as much, mm -hmm. but coming out of his face, Mm -hmm. It's because it embodies his world so or well. Or Chris Rock, who doesn't even have to get to the punchline. Right, I'm already laughing. The same phrase because because of his, so. because of the way it's oozing from him. Not just your physical delivery, but the way that you are emitting the energy from it. As you know, dorky as it is, you can you can feel their physical emitting of something and immediately go, God, I know that's that's just I, that's no one else does that like him or her or whatever you know. But what you said about magic that was odd to me that we share the same thing. Comics had acts. So we had that too. I mean, comics up until arguably, I would say the late 80s were doing acts. I mm -hmm. mean, most guys and girls were doing an act. And the old phrase was, what's your act? Can I have you, you know? That's why when somebody says to me after we do How much show, time you got? How much time right? you got? What's yeah. your act, you know? Right. Or they say, good sketch, good skit. They mm -hmm. don't know what to say. You're like, oh, it's a set. And they go, ah, whatever, you know? Because I think the beginnings of time were similar with, with magic that it's like, well, you got to have an act. Mm -hmm. I can't put you out there without having an act. Absolutely. It's like, well, it's changing with the time. It's like, no, 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 no. We need to know what you're doing, which still exists a little bit today, but the newer generation has kind of pushed that away. And that must be the same with magic. Right. Now. Well, it's not as much the act. It's about the person. The presence. And then yeah. you Just me being here. Time. doesn't matter what I do. You know? You're that Todd good. Barry. Is he doing crowd work? Is he doing... Who cares? Right. It's Todd Barry on stage. Right. Exactly. He's in the moment. But magic's right? the same way now, right? Um, Where a lot of you... Uh, it's, like, it's you have a vibe. I would say there is a little bit more... Um, I mean, you have to maybe... It takes a while to earn it, maybe. Longer. To, sure. to, to 
coast on your presence than than the the trick. You know, like if you're if there's a certain trick that people love, it's kind of like you no, know, we're booking you, but we're kind of booking you to do that trick. You know, right, like right, like um, you know, I'm sure with Gaffigan, it's like it's gonna you're gonna do the hot pocket. If he was doing the Tonight Show, hey, you're gonna do that hot pocket bit. You know, like he's like I don't do really want to, and they're like, oh okay, but you have we to. Are hoping That's why we you know, paid you to be here or whatever. You know, like and you you emerge from that, but. Uh, yeah, I would say um, the the trick, you know, the act. Um, like I, I'm, I, I do certain bits that I've done, maybe ten years right now in my show. Maybe like the oldest bits, ten years old, you know. But I haven't put it in a special or anything because I haven't had a real special. But uh, you when have I have a special on Netflix right I've now. I've got well, I've got a, I've got a series. Yeah, but that's a special. It's spe- it is special. It's six, six little specials. You're being diminished. But I'm not on stage work. doing magic, so I'm I'm out in the world. Right. So doing stuff that uh, was for kind humans. of written and created for humans, but for for that show. Right. You know, versus my act. Not, I'm, I'm not I'm not burning my act for that. Right. Right. But was, my, that, was so, that a part of that? You were like, I don't, I no, don't want to do. You any know, of my I'll tell you why. Shit. It's because like um, magic on stage filmed. And then watched is harder to be as engrossed and amazed by as the people in the audience versus street magic or you know out in the real world in sure. situ magic filmed and put in front of people because there's something about like you know like comedy I want to watch it and experience it like as the audience would right but with magic it's kind of like I really need to be there you know you can watch it at home and laugh when the people on the screen laugh but with with magic it's kind of like um. You know, I wasn't there. How many takes was there? Like, I want to be there. So if I can right. clearly experience it through a person who I'm watching, like a you know, doing magic on the street to somebody who I feel they're real, they're not a part of this thing. It just like it just hits harder. It's harder to get that on stage magic special. I'm Is, I'm finding it a harder nut to crack. Well, no, I mean, I because I've only seen, I've seen yours, and then I've never really. You're right. I've never seen like a magic special on. Mm. On TV, like I, if you if one of the best magic shows you saw at the Magic Castle was filmed and then put up on Netflix as a special, when you watched it back later, like if you weren't actually there, I'm sure you would you would feel a, a major, much bigger detachment than if you're totally. just listening to the funny ideas that a comic is saying. Right? But I feel like specials do that too for stand up. You're like, who are all these people? Were they are they in on this? What did they tell her? Yeah, to say what's that? the yeah right? But specials for stand up do that too sometimes. That you're like, man, I always think stand-up or performance uh, live is unbeatable you can't be live can't be it. it's just it's just even the best specials i'm still like i'd rather see this live mm-hmm. i'd much rather see this in person because i know that part of that experience is feeling the other people's emotions that's part of the vibe of how good a joke is you can pass around a good clip on the internet but there's mm, there's nothing better than live that's why leno never did a special he said i i just don't I just want you to come see me live. Wow, maybe I should start saying that. <laughs> just come see me live. You know why I haven't had a live special? Because you just gotta come see gotta me live. Come see me live. Robbie Pratt. You right. know why? Yeah, you know why? <laughs> I'm not gonna work with I'm <laughs> the, no. People need to see me live. Because they need to see me live, baby. But your who's your who's but your in order for them to see you live, they need to see you on stage. Right. Crap, it's all one in the one hand feeds the other. But you're you're already doing it. So it's you're humming along, man. No one's worried about you. It's, it's been a blast. Yeah, you're good. You know what's been interesting is going from honing honing my skills as a comedian in comedy clubs where it's just adults to now it's like a full circle i started doing kids birthday parties right and then how old are we family talking? audiences 10 12 when i when i was oh the kids yeah five six seven eight okay. and then their parents so it's almost like the gig is kind of there's the audience but then there's the back of the room you know the parents are the comic right. the fellow it's like a comics. disney movie and i'm just like i'm obsessed with just making them laugh obviously i gotta make them laugh and make them go crazy the kids but the people in the back the parents need to be like uh they i need everyone every adult to know that this is not what I'm, I'm not just here to entertain the kids, I'm here to entertain right. you. 
And uh, and then I would do, you know, comedy clubs where it was just just us adults. And now where I'm doing these theater shows because of Magic Humans, I'm getting lots of people bring like entire families. So it's like a lot of kids again. It's all ages. It's all ages. Now, does that is that a hindrance for you? Do you feel like you you like want to be dirty, but you're like, no, oh, there's a lot of kids. Uh, I mean, I do. There are moments I censor myself. Like I, I, you know, like I would. I mean, maybe would occasionally cuss in a comedy club, but I don't feel any need to cuss in a cuss on stage now. But I just sometimes feel a little, um, you know, like I, I'm just thinking about the implications of what I'm doing. Sure, I'm not gonna have drink a beer on stage like I would in a comedy club. I don't want to drink a beer on stage when I know that there's kids watching thinking. My dad does that, then he yells oh, at me. Yeah, or the, or right. just that, like, oh my god, he's I love his magic. I want to drink a beer like him. Like that's what I maybe would have thought as a ten year old if my parents brought me to a show. Sure. And I thought that cool magician drinks beer. Well, I'm gonna drink beer. Like I was. I remember how impressionable I was. And like I don't need to get into that. So I'm always thinking about it. That's right. But I it's mean, just that's interesting. Very, that's nice that you're conscious. Of it. Well, it's also like I'm. I'm also conscious of how people who didn't even think that you could bring your kids to this show feel when they walk in and they're like. There are, you know, it's maybe it's a thousand seat theater, but there are 80 kids under 10 here. <laughs> oh That's God. not our date night in my mind, right? right. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like cater to multiple audiences. It's, That's very nice it's of you too. We don't yeah. do that at all. When we do the Bad Friends Store with me and Bobby, sometimes people will bring their like 14 year olds. Yeah. And uh, you pretend like times, they don't exist or you, you roast them? No, no. I always say, why would you bring your child to this? I can't believe I'm always like, dude, you know, Bobby shows his butthole at some point in right. the show. Like, yeah, that. Well, then it makes the rest of the audience uncomfortable. So I'm always yeah. looking out for, like, even if they're not your kids, if I do something risque, you're like, oh, Justin, there's kids here. Like, it's in your, it's in, it's in your head. You're thinking about it. I'm thinking about at it. At a club is way more free. So I'm trying to make everyone feel comfortable. Let me see this tattoo on the inside of your arm. I can't stop seeing it. <clears throat> Now, is it is it, a, now, are you happy that you did this, or is this like a, one of those where you're like, maybe I didn't wish I did it? Never regretted it. Good. What never it, been happy about it. Can I see it? It's a hand holding a jack hand of spades. Hand holding a jack of spades. Now, what's the... What's the um, what's well, the my name's Justin. It starts with the letter J. I told you his name was Justin. You so when I, <laughs> when I was thinking, what's my favorite card, which is a thing magicians do, I was like, Jack. I don't want to be the jack of hearts or the diamonds or the spades is cool because what the hell? It's just a cool design. So jack of spades from a, a teenager was just like my favorite card. So I thought it's Was it point, a feature of your act ever? Was no. it like no? But you no. just love Jack of Spades. Yeah. And I always knew I, I need to get a tattoo, something. What am I gonna get? Jack of Spades. I mean, I love I want to get something magical, but I'm not gonna get a boy, a magic tattoo. That sounds like a big mistake. Well, Jack of Spades, it's a card, you know, like this was all yeah. just Immature thinking. <laughs> how old? How old were you? When I, you got I was. Uh, I was forty-one. Yeah, good. I was twenty-one, and I just moved to LA. Finished my my college second semester of senior year with Dan, and then stuck around and started making bad decisions, and that was one of them. Are you guys still close, you and Dan? Yeah. One of my arch nemeses, by the way. Is he? Oh, we hate each other wholeheartedly. Has he been on here? No, no, I love him so much. No, he's a great dude. He's, that guy doesn't hate anybody. I don't know if he hates anything. No, he's the nicest guy. He's like too nice. Mm -hmm. He's like a good looking guy. And to he love he shoes accuses and me family. of being too nice. Like, we're just, yeah, we're good, nice. You're close in the nice way, but yeah. I know something's a little bit darker inside of you. It is. Yeah, with Dan, it's not that dark. <laughs> something's darker no, inside Dan of you. No, Dan doesn't have. Dan is the, uh, the, he's the last guy to know that his best friends got a problem of some sorts, right. you know, because he just doesn't see it. He sees the best in people. I just thought you liked Coke. I yeah, had no I idea you were an just, addict. Yeah. I thought you just wanted me to pee in that cup for funsies. <laughs> I didn't know you were trying to pass a test. Where are you going with all that pee, Dan? Yeah. Don't worry about it, buddy. Daddy will be back. In here, we pour whiskey. whiskey.
This episode of Whiskey Ginger is brought to you by Rabbit Hole and their one-of-a-kind Kentucky bourbon and rye whiskeys. Behind Rabbit Hole's award-winning spirits is the story of their founder. I've talked about this cat, Kavezamanian. What a sexy name, too. Kavezamanian. Hey, it's me, Kavezamanian. He left a successful 20-plus year career as a psychologist. He went down the rabbit hole himself, folks. He wanted to learn how to craft the world's finest spirits. That he did. He was just inducted into the Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Fame. Congratulations! And he was the fastest ever to do it, which I think is incredible. He's the he's the uh, Usain Bolt of getting inducted into the uh, Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Fame. If you're looking for something unique this holiday season, when you're sipping on all sorts of stuff, you go to the liquor store and you're like, what should we get? Uh, I got to tell you, this rabbit hole is phenomenal. Uh, we've been drinking it on the show. I share it with guests that like to have a couple of sips of the sauce. Um, this Boxer Grill is their rye. Now, they have four different uh, uh, distinct expressions. The Cave Hill is their triple malt, bur- malt bourbon. High Gold is that high rye double malt bourbon. Uh, this is their sour mash rye, uh, the Boxer Grill. It is absolutely delicious. Uh, for a long time, I didn't know if I was a rye guy, uh, but man, is it good. It's really good. And they got the Derringer. That's a PX Cherry finished cask. It's finished in those Pedro Jimenez casks. It's that caramel cherry sweetness that you really love uh, in those casks that a lot of people are doing now, but Rabbit Hole's been done doing it. Uh, when they say um, small batch, they mean it. 15 barrels, under 15 barrels at a time. That's very rare. If you know anything about anything, you know that's extremely rare. Uh, it's a great gift uh, this holiday season for yourself, for friends, and for family, uh, for he- whoever you want to uh, have a little toast to the holiday. Uh, this is one. Speaking of toasted, they they put this uh, put this good jazz, um, and every single one of their releases is aged in both charred and toasted barrels. They're not faking the funk over there. Not mass production for no reason. They're making high quality sauce. They got four di- different expressions. Boxer, Boxer Grail is my uh, go-to this holiday. Go to rabbitholedistillery.com slash buy now. Rabbitholedistillery.com slash buy now. Use the promo code rabbit for five bucks off your first order. Please drink responsibly. Enjoy the holidays. Ginger. I like gingers. Now, what, what, is your, what is your little dark deep inside you? What, is, what do you think it is? Did you mm. have childhood trauma? Mm. You got to have something. I can always feel it on them. I can always smell it on somebody. What's funny is like people, childhood trauma doesn't always... L- lead to like magic like people think comedy does comedy does you know like whereas comedy is a defense mechanism but did you have any heartbreak as a kid that really kind of because look here's the deal you're a good guy nice guy smart guy Mm -hmm. i know there's something in there i feel Um, like a therapist right now but we all have a thing we all have a thing you know you have anything well i mean i've 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 always had a bit of a uh, you know an, an issue with moderation Sure. Of whatever the substance of the day is. You want a new drink? You want me to pour yeah, you another one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a little too moderated yeah. right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> where's the moderator? Uh, uh, no, it's, I, it's, it's him. You know, I could have another one. But, um, but uh, yeah, moder- moderation over the years and control of that has been something. But that's not the darkness. That's the symptom of the darkness. Right? Could be. It depends. I mean, I'm not here to break it down. I just want you to tell me you. I will say it's, you know, there's there's a little bit of a, you know, I think what drew what draws you to magic is it's kind of like, I know something people don't know, right? So you're kind of naturally, because of your art form, drawn to secrets and secret keeping and kind of like manipulating people's heads, you yeah. know, like, so. Um, do you think you know, that's a part of sociopathy? Like, do you think you have some sociopathic tendencies? I mean, I don't know if, if I had those. You would think I, that I would have had those ideas before and, I became a magician, or maybe maybe being a magician draws them out of you. I think where where you're just kind of in, you enjoy, like magicians have to naturally be a little bit of a, a sociopath in that you need to lie in earnest, like you need to make 
I need to tell you, I need to spin a yarn. That's total BS, but if you smell it's BS, this trick won't land. So I really need to be good at yeah. lying and, you know, being sincere and uh, telling you something is true. And yeah, that is, I broke both of my arms while riding my bike with the rollerblades, right? Who knows? I need to make it sound like that really happened. Right. So, um, it didn't. It did. <laughs> no, I know, it did. I know I'm pretty it. sure. I know. But sometimes you tell yourself a lot, like sometimes I'll, I'll tell a story just to set up a bit and, and it's total BS, but, uh, I convinced myself that it, you know, like here's a game I used to play with my dad when we were kids and blah, blah, blah. Well, it might be a, a way I set up a, a trick um, and I have, but that's all. I never played that game with my dad as a kid. Do you, you know? ever believe it yourself sometimes? But yes, I believe it myself because you get so, you get a little good and you have to, it's Lie such to a method acting thing of not like I'm, you're, you're not playing another person, but you're playing yourself if you're being totally honest. Yeah. And as a magician, I'm constantly have to. How do I, what is Justin when he's really just being sincere, look and sound like, and I try to emulate that when I'm not, and I fool myself. See, this is, I like how, I like how honest this is, because this yeah. is a big part of comedy as well. Like, most comedians, even if you're, even if you're telling, you know, your own depiction of something, all stories in comedy are going to have to have some semblance of pulling from air. It's impossible to have lived such a, you know, I'm not Forrest Gump. You know what I mean? I can't have all of these amazing stories. So we do have to take from the reality, blend our own. A good friend of ours, you know, was writing a bit and said, I don't want to make this about the person it's about because then they'll know it's about them. Uh, and I said, do you have a brother? And she said, no. And I said, well, then it's about your brother. You know, and that's a thing that we do a lot in comedy where it's like, she to make the bit work, you invented a brother that doesn't exist. Yeah, because then it, it puts the onus on a thing that isn't real. So who's mm. going to get mad about it if they found out it was about them? Mm. You know what I mean? And we do that stuff a lot. And I helped her do this bit because it was a great bit. And I was like, she's like, I'm embarrassed if they find out about it. And I said, well, they don't if it's not to them. You, if you, you know, it's kind of like the one of the first bits I ever got landed on TV. Um, I, I referenced my dad, but it wasn't about my 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 stepfather, it was about my biological father, but a piece of the other story has a story from my stepdad in it. So I just blended the two worlds and, you know, both of them know, but nobody knows, but it doesn't matter because it, it's not, it's helping the bits progression. Mm -hmm. Instead of me, I can't break it down and go, well, you know, that part's about my dad, but the other one's about my stepdad, but it is something my stepdad used to do. In fact, his best friend used to do that. That's why I got influenced. It's a waste of people's time. So we all have this story spinning element to us that does, yes, convince you sometimes what piece of this is? Well, I've had my, my dad in, my, in the audience when I'm telling the story about a game that we never actually played. And he believed it, too. He thought it happened. Yeah, he would say, man, I, I remember playing that game with you. Like, cause I, so I fooled him. So he'll, he'll now perpetuate the bullshit of like, yeah, you know, here, let me tell you the story about this thing I used to do with Justin. Because he was so proud that it inspired a bit that he can enjoy as an right. adult and that it, that it appear, apparently left such a whimsical mark on my childhood when I just made it up. So but, it's kind but, of like retroactively. But it's great. Happy childhood. Yeah, you may, you're making your, well, cause what is a, what is the truth of a story anyway when it's monotonous like that? Your version is just as valid as somebody else's, right? It's your version, their version, and, and then the 10,000 feet reality that somebody else can put together. Mm -hmm. I don't really know. So if it's like, I remember going to that place when we were a kid and your mom going, I don't, did we ever go there? I don't know. But if it makes you feel a type of way, then sure, fine. Who cares? Mm -hmm. your, your memory is fleeting regardless. You're holding on to things that you care, that you actually care about. And then other stuff, it's hard to fit into that space. I mean, do you feel like as you're getting older, you, you'll, you'll go, God, what was that? The, the, what was that thing? And I forget. And I go, well, 
I guess it's just there's not a lot of room unless it really meant something to me. Mm-hmm. But some people surprisingly remember all of it. But I think if you if you're able to put it in a way where it's a great story, a great bit, a great piece, I don't know, isn't that a part of the art, I guess? A little bit. I think bit. it is. A little bit, right. you know, especially I'm, I'm an entertainer. As long as it's, you know, it's like as long as the trick Well, it's not works. like I was If the trick doesn't work point, and it's yeah. like, wow, hey, buddy, it's pretty obvious to everyone you're talking out of your ass here. Yeah, you're I right. Googled you, you don't have a brother. You know, like whatever <laughs> it is, then you're, then you're screwed. But if it, if it works, it works. He died in the war. And as long as it doesn't, you know, the fibs don't hurt somebody or... Well, that's are, right, yeah. If it's, if it's innocuous, if it's nonsense. to do with world events that are... Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you were in the cold. You, you fought in... You fought... You I fought, fought in, in Vietnam. You were in Vietnam, mm-hmm. right? I was in the Cupcake War, Andrew. You were in Little Cupcake Wars. Yeah, you were on nine, Netflix right nine now. Tours of Duty. Did you ever get to go to the Playboy Mansion when it was around? I did. You did. Did you yeah, do magic I think there? He was there. Tell yeah, me you I performed. Did magic. You performed at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. Give it yeah. to me, baby. Gosh, let me think back on this time. I used to do, uh, you know, I used to oh, have magic on my pocket all the time. I would be busting out tricks left and right. You yeah. know. You never uh, left home without having something prepared. Something because. Uh, before you've made it, it's kind of like, well, who are you? What do you do? I'm a magician. Oh, okay, let's see. Here Show me. Show yeah. me, you know? Yeah. Oh, say something funny. Do I something know. funny. Tell me a joke, right? But that's and hard sh- for us to do. Magic, you're like, fine, I'll give what you some What do you magic. do? You just tell people you're a magician? Yeah. I say, yeah. I'm a, I, I meet all these Uber drivers who are like, you ever met this asshole red magician? <laughs> he just doesn't do a trick. Yeah, I go, come see me live. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love, I, I, I come I see me live. Come yeah. see me live. But, um... Uh, yeah, went to the Playboy Mansion for some thing, and I think my I think I was there to do magic. I would do walk around magic, strolling magic is a right. whole genre of magic. You were like an appetizer. Yeah, I was like um, you know, like a cocktail party conversation, icebreaker conversation starter. You Does know, this pay well to do this? Not not, um, you know not I mean? that gig necessarily. That was more exposure, right? Fully, uh, yeah, full I exposure. Get that. I get that. Uh, but other gigs, yeah, I would do. Like bar mitzvahs, I was I would do strolling magic at. So cocktail hour, I would basically, you know, no table. I could my my wearing a suit. My pockets are packed. I've got thirty minutes on me. So I go up to groups, break the ice, do about ten minutes of tricks. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the party. Go to uh, find a dark corner, reset all my shit, and then go do it again and again. Oh wow! Yeah, strolling magic. How many hours do you have to be there for these things? An hour or two. That's okay. Yeah, I think at this Playboy Mansion party, I I walked up to. Uh, Paris Hilton and uh, Kim Kardashian. And this was probably like 2009. And I was like, hey, how you guys doing? I'm just incredible. I'm the magician here. Can I show you a trick? And they're like, no. <laughs> and I waddled away. <laughs> well, one day, you're both going to be bigger than ever. Yeah. And I'll be Justin, not just incredible. Yeah. Come Few people me. have denied magic from me, and all of them are billionaires now. Who else denied magic from you? About Elon me? Musk. What did uh, he say? He said, uh, "He's yeah, like, I'm he sorry, didn't. this does not compute." I have not, I've not seen him, but um, but yeah, strolling magic is is the way to. I mean, as a magician, no no better reason to hand out your business card than you like what you saw. Come see me. Yeah, come yeah. see me. Come see me live. Come see me live. Uh-huh. I saw you live. Yeah, but I mean, different yeah, but, place. You know, like on a um, where chairs are pointed at, where you're sitting. <laughs> right. But Playboy Mansion doing magic had been kind of kind of like. Kind of sexy, kind of fun. It's kind of surreal. Also a little bit of a letdown, because when you go there, you're like, this place is really nasty. You know, it's very, yeah, it was weird. It was, it was very drugs. much like a vet. It was, I don't know what the event was, but it wasn't like a Playboy party. It was some party at the Playboy Mansion. So you realize at the time, like, oh, it's just a 
it's a venue. It's yeah. like a place. It's a facade. It's a it's a it's a lifestyle that a company can rent out for the evening. Totally, you know, and you could feel like you're at the place. I went once for one of those movie nights. I don't know what night it used to be. Maybe it was Tuesday or Monday. he would he would watch a movie with everybody, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, boy, oh boy, was I on nothing weird about it. Was that. So what was so disgusting. The movie? I don't I don't even remember. We didn't stay. We didn't watch the movie. Because Schindler's like, List. People. Uh, it was like that, or it was American History shit. X. It was one of those. Oh wow. Yeah, and they just looped the stop, curb stomping scene. Wow, that's the whole, like, the whole night. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just I don't rem- I genuinely don't remember. It was something like um, I want to say Sixteen Candles. It was one. It was something in that era. It was like Molly Ringwald era. Okay. Well, that's fun. It's yeah, but little... I didn't stay because I was like, I don't want to watch a movie with this old guy and all these people that I'm... Uh, and I, I, was... I want to make a movie. That's right, with all these people. Come on, where's the grotto? <laughs> it was disgusting, honestly. They took us for a tour, and this poor girl walked us around in, in like a very like shitty, tattered bikini. You know, it reminded me of one time I went to a house party. I think I was in Vegas, and some billionaire, we were out doing shows, and some dude had us over at his house, and there were a bunch of young, beautiful women, and he was like, who wants to get in the pool? And I was like, oh, I'll get in the hot tub. Like, I don't really feel like getting in the pool. You know what I mean? Like, I'll get in the hot tub. And he was like, you just wear your underwear. And I was like, all right. I don't know. So I was like, I don't know. Do I want to do this at this party? And he was like, ladies, come here. And he opened up a cabinet that, or I mean a door that should have been a pantry for food in his kitchen. And it was filled with swimsuits. Filled. Top to brim with bikinis. Any for Santino? I wore, I, I wore the bottoms, not the top. I see. And I fell out both sides. Oh, I had you did? Bo- one ball on one side, one ball on the other. It was a good bit, man. Uh-huh. People really liked it. Uh-huh. But to see two balls floating and then your penis tucked, it hurt. After a while, you had to stop, you know? Wow. But he had bikinis in there, and I thought, man, how gross and weird and sad. But some of them put him on and got in the pool, and that felt the same way I felt about the girl that gave us the tour at the Playboy Mansion. This was a bikini that looked like it was in a room of bikinis. It wasn't, it wasn't hers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like... She gets there in the morning, clocks in, takes yeah. off bikini she wore in. Right, because you have puts to. puts on... The bikini yeah, that the they have. bikini. <laughs> and she toured us around, and it was, like, miserably sad. I just everything about it bummed me out. And I remember feeling... Um, not let down. I didn't care. I didn't think anything was going to happen there. I just was excited to see something like that. And immediately, with my buddy, I was like, we, we, I, we should probably leave. Like, this is... You know what I mean? I was like, what are we going to... It was like rich, cool people that. Well, you're like, probably like, do I want to? Do we want to get drunk here? No, no, you definitely no, I don't. I kind of want to say I've been here and not and then come get back. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's, it was a say I did it thing, and you did. And, yeah, and like Paris I went so... to Burning Man oh, once, you did? which is uh, way better than the Clifford Mansion. It to was incredible. Perform or to live? Oh, I went there. <laughs> no, for like to attend for a week, right? With my girlfriend at the time and couple buddies, and I took a bunch of magic, thinking I'm going to be like the wizard of the playa. <laughs> and I was so fucked up the whole time, I never did a trick for a week no, and a half. not once. No, never opened it up. It was because, like, to do a trick, like, I'm sure it's like, say a joke, you kind of have to switch from being a, a normal person in their day to be like, okay, oh, shit, all right, all right. <clears throat> I have to do it. Let me go on. Let me get on, right? And it's, you know, it's not vacation mode. You, s- you did Burning Man that. one time and that's uh-huh, it? Uh-huh, one time. And you'll never go again. I, I would. I mean, it's a whole to do. Yeah. Can't, you know, now kids, things, gigs. I mean this sincerely. I have absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. Even that for is, a Say You Did It? Uh, that is my, I love Say You Did It. I do mm-hmm. love saying You Did It. But boy, oh boy, are you talking, he knows. That is an Andrew Santino nightmare. Mm. Huge groups of people where I'm just mixed in with these people without proper identification of vaccination where, proofs yes all, well that's right? not how many boosters do you have <laughs> no where's the pisser where do i sleep will it be comfortable the pisser's everywhere 
Yeah, see, I don't, I, I just, I need to know, I like to be set up. Mm-hmm. I like to be set well, up. Well, you can be set up. You can do it proper. You can do it. You can take a tour bus there. But then I feel, I, I, just, I, I just don't want to ever feel vulnerable in a huge group. And that's what I feel like happens there, particularly when I'm on drugs. Me on drugs, I'm at my couch, at my house with people I like, or I'm in a very secure location with a small group of humans. Mm. Put me at the beach with a couple of good friends and oh, a little yeah. bit of mushrooms. Oh, yeah. Heaven on earth. Right. A cabin Put, in the woods. Oh, my with God. My favorite with, with people. five people. Who, I don't care what they see me do. Or don't care. See me pass out, whatever. But, but 17,000 people heavily on drugs wandering through the desert, that's a big pass for your old red boy. Wow. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I respect that the, the spiritual connection people make out there. Um, well, you're not seeing 17,000 of them at once, you know. For the most part, your experience, you're like, yeah. I'm around a couple hundred people. But then you tr- don't you just roam through, don't yeah, you roam for roam. hours now? Mm-hmm. What did you take? You feel free to discuss. I took the 10 to the yeah, that's 25. What I, yeah. I took, uh, I think, some mushrooms up there. Yeah. And then maybe... Ever acid? No. Never acid. Did you ever do acid? Never have. Did you ever get into drugs when you were a child? I, uh, well, I would, I would take my dad's bottle of wild turkey that was on a cart like that in the basement and I would occasionally sip it and replace water to make the difference. Smart. Yeah. Until I realized my dad is never touching this. This is the horrible, this is horrible liquor and it's probably 20 years old already. Right. He's not going to check this. So I drank that and then I realized, uh, so I would, I would experiment with the booze around that I knew my dad would notice. Huffed a little bit here and there. A huffer. A huffer. What are we talking? Computer, like Scotch computer spray? guard. Oh wow, buddy. Yeah. This we're talking is... like age fourteen. You were huffing at fourteen. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Computer duster was big back then. You know, I don't remember. Scotch guard. Any... Those have been invented yet. Well, computer any, du- any were, side Computers of... were so new. There was nothing to dust. Sure, but any point. any of those compressed air. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Wow. Whippets. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, whippets too, but whippets, uh, I got, I would get the spins, get dizzy, and it was unpleasant. Love the spins. But the huffing, you, you, it's like, uh, reminded me of like salvia. Yes. Salvia. Love salvia. That it's like, I can't believe this is a thing. Uh, I just bought this, uh, at a, at a, at a store on the corner that also sells <clears throat> gasoline and this is legal. And then you, you hear, oh, it's legal weed. And then you take a little hit of that salvia stuff and you're on another planet. Yeah. For like two minutes. Right. That's kind of what huffing is. Anyway, I have a family audience now. <laughs> Let me tell you something, dude. Families do drugs, too. <laughs> they do. Families definitely do drugs. They do. But in the desert, did you find at this Burning Man that you <clears throat> opened up a piece of your creativity out there as well? Did it help? Did it help you? I would say uh, I saw. Th- I-, I had my mind blown over and over again. Yeah. Your mind is blown at the expanse, the quantity of people, the art, the, the things. You- like, you know, you'll see, like, a double-decker <clears throat> London buses that are transformed into giant butterflies with like 300-foot-wide wings and flapping, and it's it's like got 300 people on it. And it's going through the middle of the desert. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Cough button. Going through the desert at 3 a.m. and you're like, how did this get here? Like you feel like you're on another planet. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm a magician. I like to blow people's minds. It's nice to have your mind blown. Right. You're just kind of like how. What is life? Like, this is crazy. I want to, how did, what? And did you get into the communal thing where you're trading food for other Yeah, I thought I'm going to trade, I'm going to trade magic. You were going to trade magic for food? Yeah. Yeah. Did it work? Just brought my own food. (laughs) Didn't have to do any tricks for anybody. But see, people do that though, right? They go, everyone comes with a thing for a sandwich. Yeah, a gift, their own personal currency. Another big no for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just want to know where all that stuff's coming from. I mean, it was, and I remember at the time, like, it was like the, it was the period of time where my ex girlfriend and I, like, 
had the most, like it was the most crazy, just like sexual energy. Like it was <laughs> like the prime of the relationship was uh, that week. So perfect. So that was it was it was great. And you left her there out at Burning Man. Yeah. Rest in peace. <sighs> no, Rest she's doing great. She's killing it. Uh-huh. She's still fine. Exactly. <laughs> She is Kim Kardashian. Now. Oh my God! That's what she happens denied you, you all those years. Magic. That's so wild mm-hmm. how life comes around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I I'm curious about the. Maybe I'll try it. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, huffing, huffing, Burning I've man. Done, huffing. I'm done. Burning Man. I feel like maybe. Why not? Burning huff. I don't know. A little you, I mean, huff. listen. You, you, the opportunity might present itself, and then you're like, wow. People have offered. This is, this is supposed to be the thing. But it's a very you know the things that are the, uh, you know, can't believe I did that. Can never do that again. Are really special. Like I, I saw the Grateful Dead with Jerry Garcia. That's rad. Uh, like two months before he died, and I often think back. Like I mean, I was a poser. I, I think it was the first time I heard their music, but I remember thinking like, I really love this. Yeah. <laughs> I've been wearing their shirts for years, and now I'm finally seeing. I'm hearing like the their music. music. Yeah. I love have you it. seen the, Have you seen Dead and Company? No, I really need to. Yeah. Have you? No, I need to too. It's funny. It's one of those things. Seventeen thousand people just. Roaming in the desert. See, not roaming. No, that's sitting in one place. Very high, sitting down. Yeah, that I like, and I know where the bathrooms are. Mm. Big thing for me, because mm-hmm. I've been too high at stuff when I was a child, meaning like a teen getting stoned or getting ripped on something, and being like, God, I don't know where the bathrooms are. What are you doing in the bathroom? You know what I'm doing in the bathroom. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah I guess it's like yeah, you need your private place. I just need to feel like I every I, I need to feel a little bit safe and when I'm letting loose when I'm when I'm unhinged and I'm like I'm letting myself fly free. Mm-hmm. I don't want to also be like, oh man, and I didn't I didn't know it was gonna be cold. You know what I mean? Like I just don't wanna I've been high at a place being like, Yeah, are we gonna leave soon? I'm just Have you been to Coachella? Yeah, I went to like the third Coachella that ever happened. With VIP bands. That's right. See? And right? then I never went I never went again. Because I was like, this once is a you've nightmare. done it with the bands, you're kinda like, oh man. I can't do it out. Yeah. I can't do it out. Yeah. I was able to find, you know, a LaCroix whenever I want. Yes, whenever I needed a, a Perrier. No, yeah. I was never fancy. I just wanted safety. I think I feel like if I'm on drugs, I want to feel safe. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like just let it go, man. It's like, no, man, because then I'm stuck somewhere and then my high gets killed. And I like to be a little organized and then be then let the brain run as fast as it can. Mm. Is there someone in the in the magic world you have beef with? Please mm. tell me you got some drama with somebody out there. Call them out, dude. Call them out on this show. If you're going to call them out, dude, yeah. let it rip. Magicians love beef. They do, huh? Yeah. It's funny because, you know, it runs in the world of comedy. Is this a promo for your other show, Beef? Yeah, for Beef I did uh, on Netflix. Please watch them in four right. episodes. That's right. And there's a new spinoff coming soon, Magician Beef. Magician Beef, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more rare. Ayo. That's right. Well, I don't know. No, it's, it's actually pretty it's, well done. It's overdone. I don't know. To be it's honest, over with you. easy. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. I, well, I have beef with magicians. I don't. I I find keeping grudges to be exhausting. Like sure, there's so much to remember already in life, and like, like, you know, like keeping up with my own convictions and you know my point of view or opinion changing about things as I get older and evolve and learn. Like that, you know, like that's a lot of work. Just. But to also remember the people that are that I that have wronged you. me, yeah. it's like what what good is that going to do me? Like I, I will oftentimes sometimes be like, oh, there's so and so, let's go say hi, and Jill's like, you hate you you hate him, and I'm like, oh, I do right. hate, I do that, hate guy. that guy. <laughs> Shit, that's right, I hate that guy. Ah, uh, let's still so go, let's still go say hi. Like See, that's I love a nice place to be. You can just let it, but in your community, it's such it's a small rich, community. Huh? It's kind of like we're all we're all we're all the same little you know yeah. like micro subculture. You know why? beat each other up. I will say magicians though, uh, because it is such a small community, like 
and we were talking about, you know, lifting material here and there, and, oh, I did that first. Like, there's only so many tricks that are out there. Sure. But there are hundreds of years of magical literature and this and that, and there's so much independent creation, and there's also so much, like, uh, plagiarism and this and that. Like, magicians can very easily get hung up on um, thinking that someone else doing a thing vaguely similar to what they did uh, is the thing that's keeping them from uh, making it. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, 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 yes. Um, Comedy, same thing. I'm sure. Same right? exact thing. It's like, yeah. oh, he took that joke from my YouTube special, you know. Right. Or with, they'll just say like, oh, the only reason that they made it is because of this thing that they do. And then it's like, but I could have done that thing. I would do that thing. I just mm -hmm. don't, I don't do that thing. And it's like, well. And same for musicians too, like the sampling of this and that. It's like, yeah, you know, like uh, Ed Sheeran. Normally Stole I can hear almost it. all my music, by oh, the way. Yes, he has. Yeah. And your jokes. Yeah. It's a whole, he's got them on pedals. He's got everything. And let me right say this there. I've said this before, and this is very rude, and I don't have a lot of ground to stand on, but that guy makes me feel good as a redhead. Oh, I never thought about that. And I don't mean this to be mean, but I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. You know what Ellen was? to uh, <laughs> the LGBTQ community in the, in the nine, 90s and early 2000s. Ed, Ed Sheeran is Ed's for, for me. Ginger. Ed's for us. He's letting everyone know that it's safe to be... Safe to be a gin. Should be a, to be you. And I'm a little bit better looking. I will say he... Look at me. Yes, I will I'm agree. a little bit better looking. You are, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So somebody goes, oh, you're redhead. I don't really know if I like redheads. I go, look at me. Yeah. Not bad. No. For a redhead, not bad. It's true. I mean, it's like, but it's like me saying I'm pretty funny for a magician. You are. I know. That's a but fact. for a magician. No, but you for are. For a redhead. You know, Not there, bad. We're, there are subcultures that we're Well, dude, we're about. thrown into the woods. I mean, people don't like us at all. They can't wait. I mean, people want to, people wow. just. Way to go from to pull up the, the most unattractive Ed Sheeran gifs. Oh, there you go. That's <laughs> all right. That's a little Snowden creeping in. <laughs> great hair, though. He's got great hair. All right, tell me something. But as far as beef goes, by the way, yeah, there's magicians I think that have beef with me. With you, they don't mm -hmm. like you, right? Well, I mean, the, you know, I've had with there, there are there are squabbles, and then there's any physical that are, fights that are bare. Uh, no, that would be sexy. That would be great—a magic duel, like, yeah, like the Anchorman Alley Brawl. You know, yeah. like to but have pulling a, out weapons. You're like, God, this guy is good. Yeah, in the middle of a like, fight. Let's, hey, you got a problem with me, Blaine? Let's let's do the bullet catch for real. <laughs> now, do people like him? Do you do you, like people yeah. in your community? They like David Blaine. No yeah, you know, it's funny. Blaine used to, Blaine Blaine magicians hated David Blaine at first. Why? Because uh, so they'd never heard popular. of him. He was so famous. How is he so famous so quick? Yeah. And then most most important is that he's doing the same tricks I do. Mm. He's doing tricks that I that you can buy from a magic shop. Why is everyone freaking out? Well, he's, he's biting a quarter and spitting it back. He's, you know, he's like, I do that stuff. Like, and, and I was one of those magicians who would be like, how's this guy so famous? Like, I, I do the same thing. But we, we didn't. We're so deluded. It's like, no, he was the first magician to do that trick. And people actually believed it. The first person to do, to do that material and like, get it, get it, get the reaction that it deserves, you know? Just the reaction was it, man. Just the reaction was it, man. You go to a bad neighborhood, you get some good magic reactions. Right, and he kind of looks like he's got power. Like the he dude, does look he, a little... He, he owned that whole thing. But magicians, man, real tough love relationships first. Magicians love to hate you. Until it's undeniable. Penn and Teller, magicians hate it. Magicians would pick it. Magicians would say they are not magicians because they're revealing the secrets. They're, they're you know... Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, but they're revealing the secrets of someone else's trick. Well, revealing the secrets of their own tricks, but also, so, I mean, in Penn and Teller were very careful to often invent the methods that they would reveal and say that, you know, like, but the fact that they were exposing anything at all, magicians just, they're blind to any, blind to the brilliance that they're doing and just focusing on one thing, you know? Right. And, but then Penn and Teller were around long enough and magicians were like, oh, no, so David Blaine. I think they're, they're fantastic. Like, oh, wow, he's I'm pretty a, great. It's like I must be dumb because I've seen those guys. I thought they were unbelievable. I was like, God, they're fucking good. Mm-hmm. And it's also again, does it sound funny coming out of your face? Does it look good coming from you? And f- from a visual standpoint, it's kind of like Carrot Top, right? Yeah, he got so much shit for so many years until eventually, you know, he's just he's doing he's, his own he's thing. An institution. People are like. You know, he is kind of the best show in Vegas. Couldn't it's be, like, well, couldn't be a nicer, cooler why couldn't dude. You, why weren't you nicer to him earlier? Like, we take so, it takes us so long. Because we're, we're awful people. We're such assholes. We're like, such we really are. assholes, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you at home want to go see this asshole. Um, Wait, we started? Yeah, we just started. Okay. Um, please go see him on, on tour. Uh, is your website, you, what is it? Justin Willman. It's just Justin Willman. Dot com. Dot com. That's mm-hmm. it. Nothing Isn't more. Isn't yours, Andrew Santino? Yeah, but you know, some people couldn't find those. A lot of people, there's like, uh, you, you know, have to buy. It's like Andrew Santino does comedy. Dot com. You own that, huh? Yeah, I do. I do that. I still own Just Incredible. You do? Mm-hmm. You don't utilize it? Well, it goes to Justin Willman. No, dude, you should make it its own separate page. And I had to buy JustinWilliams.com as well. Who's just, that? I don't know. But why'd you have it, to buy that? Because people th- think, think you're my Justin last Williams. Name is Williams. Sometimes. Oh wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, go see Justin <laughs> anyway, Williams just, live. Uh, please. Oh, no, Credible with a K. Just incredible, my friend. Je- yeah, come on. Yeah, Like someone would? Yeah, I yeah. should probably look into that. Just incredible. With I'm a on K. tour. I'm, there we go. I'm in a bunch of places. Go see Justin up. Wilman live. He's on tour everywhere. By the way, playing in Boston, which we just got back from Wilbur Theater, one did of my you just favorite do the Wilbur? places. No, we did the MGM musical at Fenway. Which oh, was, that sounds pretty cool. It was phenomenal. And, and they brought us around... It's attached to Fenway, and you walk through the stadium, and uh, they treated us so well in Boston. I I love them. But um, he's got a bunch of dates coming up all the way through the end of the year. Go to justinwilman.com to go check him out. It's a pleasure seeing you. I really appreciate you. I think you're so talented. Is that one of your kids? That is my son, Jack, yeah. He's got his son on this. He's selling his kids on the internet I love, already. Yeah, I Pimp love milking out, a kid for Pimp a video. Out, Honestly, when you look at what works. Yeah. Kids. Kids. Gotta, gotta have Yeah. It. Well, I have one right there. He's 24. That's the problem. Uh, <laughs> um, we end the show the same way with one word or one phrase. You can choose, but you look inside of that camera, you're single, and you do one word or one phrase to end this episode forever. This will be embedded in so history. This is your keep it crispy. All right. Let me yeah. think. One word or one phrase to just kind of really define you in this episode and that camera whenever you're ready. <clears throat> Find me. Magician beef is rare. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me five dollars for the whiskey and seventy-five dollars for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger, I like gingers. <laughs>